Welcome to Nightly News. Hi, my name is Ellie Dambra, and today I will be talking about civil disobedience in the form of tree sitting. So it's pretty commonly known within our society that the welfare of our environment is a major point of concern due to things like global warming and air pollutants and everything like that. It has all just balled up into recent history and now people are beginning to pay attention to it. Now, a lot of people blame it on everyday citizens with, with the use of plastic straws and plastic cups and everything. And that is a major factor because if everyone stopped using those things, then it would have lasting effects on our environment. But also, effects from large-scale businesses that are created and take damaging tolls on our environment are also extremely important because that is what creates the majority of the destruction of our environment. So since these businesses aren't taking the precautions they need to to be creating a sustainable environment, groups of people and individuals take this issue into their own hands and create peaceful ways to show their love for the outdoors and passion of conserving it. Not everyone, though, is Greta Thunberg or the Rainforest Alliance who receive a lot of hype and a lot of credit for what they do. And one of these groups include the tree sitters of around the world, really. So in 1969, in the peak of the hippie era, the tree sitters took on the responsibility of protecting the trees in our country by setting up shelters and living in them to avoid logging companies from chopping them down. Not only, though, were they trying to avoid the trees from chopping down, getting chopped down, they were trying to use this as a stalling technique in order to give lawyers who were fighting for long-term effects more time to win their cases, which was super effective and ended up allowing a ton of lawyers to file lawsuits against logging companies and create lasting laws that don't that now don't allow the logging companies to chop these forests down. And this was effective all over the world, but especially in the northwestern region of the United States within Washington, Oregon, and northern California in the redwood trees. Within these huge forests where tree sitters typically live, groups of people come together and create a community and anywhere from two people to groups of a hundred or more create what are called tree villages, which is basically just a cluster of platforms that are all in the same area with people constantly joining and leaving and they last for decades on end with just a bunch of tree sitters coming together and trying to prevent from the trees getting cut down. On the other hand, there are also people who do it on their own. For example, there was a 27-year-old female named Remedy who lived in her own redwood tree miles away from where one of the most famous tree villages was at the time, which was Fern Gully. 
Um, Remini stayed in her tree for eight months on her own with no social endeavors at all, which goes to show you how universal disobedience can be and how much you can change it based on what your preference is. As you can probably tell from what I've previously talked about, the tree sitters are very devoted to what they do and what they believe in, and some go as far as calling tree sitting their profession, which makes sense because it's the most important aspect of their life. And when logging companies try to cut down the trees that they're living in for supplies, they do everything they can to resist. One of the greatest threats today to tree sitters is the Pacific Lumber Company, who refers to tree sitters as eco-terrorists, which I somewhat understand because they are just trying to do their job and continue the growth of their business yet they're taking it to such an extreme such as like hiring climbers to extract the sitters in order to continue their destruction it seems very unnecessary in my opinion although the u.s has a very high population of tree sitters We aren't the only country in the world that is facing this issue. Some of the most notable foreign countries are the UK, New Zealand, and Sweden, which is only three of many that partake in tree sitting. But it goes to show how this is just a large community support system. And they can be connected. All the tree sitters are connected through a website called Earth First which allows them to share their journeys and experiences and motivate one another and provide a sense of comfort to each other just by allowing each other to know that they aren't alone in this fight. And although Earth First does connect all these tree sitters, they'll also promote the act of tree sitting and provide donations to those who participate. Now, Tree sitters do deserve tons of credit, but, you know, we shouldn't leave the neighbors hanging. So, typically, for tree sitters, they rely heavily on nearby neighbors for always lending a hand and providing food, clean water, and supplies to keep them comfortable and warm. And typically, these neighbors will also help in aiding with the dirty work that is commonly forgotten about, such as, you know, building the platforms and taking away the trash that has accumulated um, on the platform and disposing of it properly. These neighbors, without them, just the task of tree sitting itself would be extremely difficult. Since, you know, most people can't just go out and live their life as a tree sitter and can't just set up shop in a redwood tree. Um, There have been multiple different ways to act against this issue that we are currently having with logging companies and one of those ways is tree spiking which actually is typically more commonly found. Um, But basically it's Tree spiking is hammering a metal rod, nail, or other material into a tree trunk, either inserting it at its base of the trunk where a logger might be expected to cut into the tree, or higher up where it would affect the sawmill later in processing the wood. So the 
effect would be much less profound in the long in the long run than that of tree sitting, but it sends the same message and delivers the same purpose, which I think is extremely helpful because since not everyone has accessibility to be a tree sitter, no one not a lot of people have the means to do such an act. It's important for other ways more extreme, less extreme, to act out and do what we believe in. At this point, with the effectiveness that tree sitting has caused, it's pretty commonly believed that tree sitting is really the only effective measure that can be taken unless we can come up with a solution within our legal system on the basis of protecting our natural ecosystems. But if going to court and creating laws the way we currently do in our country worked, tree sitting wouldn't even exist and we wouldn't have, a, have the current problems that we do. So as we continue into the future, I don't really see a clear solution to this massive problem that we're having, but I hope that soon we will be able to because it is a global emergency and I have a lot of respect for all of the work tree sitters do.